Well, hello once again and welcome to Out With, the podcast that takes you beyond the headlines and beyond our borders. I'm Hallam Ohyadeen. Now, here in the UK, where I'm based, political turmoil uh, has been something of a reality for the last, well, the last few years. We've had referendums, especially in Scotland, uh, uh, referendums, general elections, Scottish Parliament elections. We're having uh, uh, talks of leadership battles, governments in crises, oppositions in crises, political chaos, uh, and governments on the brink of collapse. It's something that we're growing quite accustomed to here. It's almost our new reality. Very hard to keep up with developments at times, but are we alone in this chaos? Perhaps not. Today we're going to head down under uh, and talk about Australia, where they're on their second prime minister this year so far, uh, I believe. In fact, four political leaders have been ousted by their party in a decade, uh, which seems uh, it's almost slightly more turbulent than what's going on here in the UK. To find out what's going on, I'm joined by Christian Edwards, who's an Australian journalist based uh, in Sydney. Chris, welcome to Out With. Hi, Alan. It's good to be here. Um, first up, now I read this, I don't know if it's true. Is it true that paramedics in Australia have stopped asking patients who the Prime Minister is because it's no longer an accurate yardstick of mental health? Yeah, look, um, yeah, I, I read that. You know, I think that comes from a story from uh, the the previous uh, coup where the now fallen Prime Minister uh, Malcolm Turnbull took over from um, <clears throat> Tony Abbott. And I think a Queensland paramedic had said that he, he'd stopped doing it because someone someone said, I, I don't know, because I haven't read the paper this morning. So, <laughs> so, so, so I think they've... they've uh, they put the kibosh on that, and with good reason. I think you said that there were uh, four uh, four prime ministers in the last ten years. Actually, I think it's six. And Is that um, and that's not the opposition leaders that have done. Yeah, so it, it started happening back in two thousand and seven. Um, uh, Kevin Rudd took over from John Howard. So there's been so there's been six or seven changes in the last ten years, and for the the 25 years before that, Harlan, there were three prime ministers. So, so something clicked about 10 years ago, and it's been a shambles. So, so, so what's happened? Like, what's provoked all this change? I mean, has there been yeah. one single event, or is it, it – I'm just trying to get my head around this. Look, it's been a it, – there's been an alignment of, of uh, peculiar issues, and I think they're issues that you'd – that you're experiencing over there and the Americans are experiencing. So there's social, social and cultural issues. Um, and, uh, and there's been a fracturing, I guess. There's been a division uh, between uh, uh, edges, of, edges of Australia that uh, are just falling further and further apart on key issues. And... and for the ruling party, the Liberal Coalition, that party is now prison for those. So, so the uh, the right wing of the party is just almost broken off and drifting towards New Zealand, and um, and, and the 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 centre cannot hold. So, and that's what's happened. Uh, the end of last month, we've now got our thirtieth 
Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, the former treasurer, he, uh, somewhat unexpectedly, uh, became Australia's 30th Prime Minister, but I say unexpectedly, but the fact is he's the, the seventh PM in 10 years. Um, and, um, and, you know, the ousted PM, Malcolm Turnbull, who, although a fiscal conservative, was seen as socially progressive, and he had done a number on Tony Abbott, the mad monk, uh, who was Prime Minister back in 2015, um, and Tony Abbott was a Conservative, and the Conservatives never, never recovered. I think psychologically they never recovered from Malcolm Turnbull coming in, taking over, and they've worked to remove him ever since, um, and, and that's what's happened uh, most recently. You've seen far right of this party uh, just... Uh, in not even why camping they've just been undermining for so long and they um they grabbed the immigration minister peter dutton as their right-wing avatar to take over they and so what what happens harla is they uh, uh the party asks for a spill and it's a vote to see who's going to whether the leader's got confidence or not they did a spill the conservatives miscalculated didn't have the numbers for it but it undermined Turnbull's authority enough for this guy, ScoMo, Scott Morrison, to become the consensus candidate. And uh, lo and behold, he's done that. He's the new PM. But for the country, uh, for the party, and, and for these individuals, nothing's changed. Mm. I mean, absolutely okay. nothing, nothing's changed. The, the Conservatives are unsatisfied. Their man didn't get in. Turnbull... Can't believe it. The, the Australian people can't believe it. The only guys cheering are the opposition, who, uh, who uh, instead of getting a PM that's going to have a honeymoon period, they've got this guy who has uh, sort of fallen off in the polls immediately. So it's it's Fun. more of the same for us, but but um, but hopefully that's going to hopefully this will be the end of it, and there'll be some calmer waters ahead. Right. So let, let's just bring this back because, I mean, I'm not familiar with Australian politics at all. I just I, I stumbled on this because uh, the, I think in my, my Twitter feed, someone was talking about, God, have we got another prime minister already? Like, what's going on? Um, talk us through the, the, the just overall in politics in Australia. So in the UK, it, it's been a two party system for for uh, a long period of time, although arguably that's fracturing as well. We've got, you know, the the Labour Party on the left, you have the Conservative Party on the right, and then you have Liberal Democrats and other small fringe almost yeah. uh, uh, parties. In Scotland, it's a bit more complex, of course. You have the Scottish National Party, uh, plus Labour on the left, Conservatives on the right, and other smaller parties, Liberal Democrats and so on. Yeah. But, but generally, it's defined by Conservatives on the right, Labour on the left. That, that's uh, and that's a system you see mirrored. You know the U.S. as the Democrats on the left, Republicans on the right, and 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 in France, Germany, and so on and so forth. What's the what what does the the party system look like in Australia? Look, I mean, firstly, we've inherited a, a lot of our political systems and the method of governments where constitutional monarchy. We've inherited all of that from the Poms. Um, That'd be the, the English. Now, <laughs> I'm just providing translation here. English, our, our good friends over in London. Um, <laughs> now, look, speaking basically, the Liberals, uh, the Conservatives were the party of the employers and the Labour, the party of the employees. 
that's that's dumbing it down as as, as I can. And historically, Australia's been a federation since 1901. We uh, we have six states, and we have a federal government that runs over that now. Um, and, and our system of parliament's bicameral. We've got the House of Reps. We've got the Senate underneath. Um, and what's happened is, um, and like you guys, we've got um, we've got the National Party, which are, I guess, the representatives of the uh, the more rural parts of Australia, which are conservative, and they form a coalition with the Liberal Party, and and that's what forms government. Um, the problem has been. For the Liberal Party specifically, um, I mean, in the same way that Marie Le Pen has captured attention in France, um, we've seen it in in Austria. We, we've seen it everywhere. Where I think in in the in the churn of um, modern media with this, I mean, it's not a twenty four hour cycle anymore. It's an instant cycle that creates an enormous amount of from politicians. It it doesn't just Fracture parties. It fractures. Um, it fractures and alienates. And um, how can I say? It, it accentuates the differences, and, and media has followed that. So, so in Australia, let me sort of explain that, that the, the media is is also taking some of the blame for what's been happening down here, um, uh, and uh, and. Those differences have been accentuated. That Liberal Party, which you know was the party of business, it was the um, the more socially conservative party. That party is being drained of its um, identity by a couple of key issues that um, they're losing votes on the right. So we've got uh, I don't know if you've ever come across this name before, Pauline Hanson. Yes. Um, who runs the One Nation Party now? Is she like your Nigel Farage? Yes, yes, but but prettier. Um, <laughs> she, um, she she ran a fish and shop. She uh, was elected uh, back in the day of John Howard, but it was it was a you know it was it actually was a sign of things to come. Now that party and other parties like it have come in representing issues on the right. And when you have this two-party system, the Liberal Party is not losing votes to the Labor Party. It's losing votes to these uh, independent right-wing parties. And that's why you've got this very strong, very strong faction within the Liberal Party that when they have a, uh, when they have a, a candidate like uh, Malcolm Turnbull, who's very much down the middle, but progressive on social ideas. For example, he, he this, so Australia became the 26th or 27th country to legalise same-sex marriage in December last year. Um, Malcolm Turnbull championed that. But the right, the Christian right, and the far right in his party were irate about it. And, and that's why several months later you see events like this where, out of the blue, his following's not that bad. He's uh, consistently ahead of the opposition leader, Bill Shorten, but they've knifed him anyway. Okay. So, um, yeah, we're a two-party system like you, but I suspect like you and like other Western democracies, we're seeing socially, we're seeing um, uh, our differences emphasised, and that's that's difficult for a politician to... It's, it's 
it's a tough gig being a politician now. It, it certainly is. What, tell, talk to us about the centre, Chris, because it, it, there does seem to be some similarities here. Um, if you have uh, certainly with societal issues driving this, and obviously with the changing face of the media now as well, we can understand how you know th there is this drift further to the left for for one part of society, a drift further to the right, and parties like Pauline Hanson's uh, One Nation, or we're seeing uh, things like you know, UKIP and and the, the various permutations that's uh, that party's taking on here. What's happening with the Australian Centre? Well, one of the issues for both parties is is that they are just left to right of centre, and it's it's their it's the it's the factions within them that are that are splitting, and I suspect that's that's part of why we've seen this coup d'état culture over the last ten years. Uh, 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 make itself felt. Um, I, th I think it might be easier to, to try and nail down what are the what are the major issues down here. Okay. Um, uh, and and I'm sure that they'll be reflected in, in in what's happening over there too. But immigration obviously is is a key issue for us down here. Um, the current prime, the, the new prime minister Scott Morrison was. Um, was the immigration minister, uh, so we have a lot of boats that came in, and um, and he came up with the stop the boats policy, and uh, and there's bipartisan bipartisan support for that. Um, in fact, the Labor uh, government that came in under Julia Gillard then established uh, offshore detention centres. So we have detention centres for um, for. Uh, uh, refugees that come in, and if they make it to the country, then we put them in uh, uh, very tough setups like Nauru, Papua New Guinea, um, and uh, and there's there's broad consensus for these. Um, so immigration is is a key one. Um, the the issue that probably split uh, this particular government was was climate change. That they, they cannot we cannot consensus here on climate change, even though we're the driest country in the world. Um, and and uh, Turnbull was keen to to set um, set an emissions scheme up, and uh, his his conservative faction have, have blocked that at every corner. So um, these issues, otherwise, Harlot, I mean, we've had 104 consecutive quarters of growth in Australia, and uh, I, I think that even outstrips the dark. In terms of um, in terms of solid economics, so you know we're not we're not falling apart down here. People are doing pretty well. Um, uh, we're a fairly prosperous country, um, and uh, the, the reasons for the reasons for such carnage politically um, uh, are not are not out of are not out of social desperation. It's it's a uh, it's the political class that's doing it to itself, and and the the outcome is that we don't get resolution on any of these issues. No resolution on the issues that, that matter to Australians. Um, in terms of 
another thing that I've, I found out about the, the Parliament, which I thought was was quite interesting, and I wondered if this is contributing in some way to, to, to the situation down there. Your Parliament's only run for three years. Uh, yeah, uh, that's... Which is, how, ca how can you get anything done? In th I mean, because I'm looking at the, certainly in terms of our parliaments, I mean, you can barely get no, I, a policy signed I, off yeah, in two and a half years. How do you get anything done in three years? Yeah, no, I don't know if we get a lot done, um, to be <laughs> honest. Um, yeah, the three-year cycle, it's, it's, it might be the shortest, I think, out of all the, uh, the democratic uh, countries that I know of. Um, one of the upshots of that is, uh, especially in, in the age of social media, politicians are living on a, a kind of fight or flight adrenaline because it's always election time. It's always around the corner. Um, and and since since 2007, when this uh, when, when this kind of political assassinating sort of came in came into fashion, um, I think I also realised how bloody easy it was because having a, an election is hard. A general election, you've got to work, you've got to talk to everyone, you've got to try and win votes. Whereas you have a spill, you just kind of say, "Listen, are there?" Fifty percent of us that are unhappy. Great, let's let's chop and change. So that's that's why we've been getting this as well because it's so easy to do, and having an election is so bloody hard. Yeah, how are, how are the Australian public reacting to this? Because certainly one of the one of the things which I, I guess. I'm just perhaps just speaking from from my uh, perspective here, but we've seen an awful lot of elections. Um, we've had um, a fair bit of Brexity things going on. We've had uh, governments come and go on the brink of collapse. The threat of another election looms large, and and people are just sick of it. The general mm. feeling here is that people are just sick of. I am. I personally am sick of having to vote for stuff. You know, it's like I, I don't know how many more times I can be asked the most important question um, of my life. It's uh, it just keeps coming round. It keeps coming round. Mm. How are Australian people? How did they react to this? You know, your government's changing constantly. You know, whether or not uh. you have to vote them in or not. I mean, how how are people well, reacting to that? Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to whinge more than I than I can, but it's worse for us, man, because uh, uh, voting is uh, compulsory here in Australia, um, and and that is also being attributed to some of the problems we're getting because there's sort of eighteen. The, the suggestion is there's eighteen or twenty percent that are uh, you know voting uh, from the hip. And it's making the elections uh, even more skewed. So you've got these these waves of elections coming in, people coming in. They, you know, they don't know who they're voting for. Um, so I'd say that I'd say that um, when Malcolm Turnbull did Tony Abbott in 2015, um, there was a lot of throwing up of hands, and people said, "Bugger this!" <laughs> this time round, this time round, this time round, we've almost. I don't know, we've jumped the shark. People are taking it with a bit of humour. Um, you know, if you look at it too hard and if you dwell on it, you get kind of depressed and it's a little bit, you know, it's a little bit, it's a little bit hard to swallow. But there seems to have been a, a bit more humour with it. Like uh, where our friends over in New Zealand started 
started sending us tweets and things saying, do you want us to send in the troops until democracy is restored? <laughs> um, these kind of things. So, um, um, and, and Have the you taken them up on their offer? Mate, the... If their, if their army is anything like their rugby team, would we, we, we do put them out? Um, but uh, but they've got I mean, they've got a, a again they 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 show us up pretty well the Kiwis. They've got um their new prime minister. I don't know if you've seen Jacinta Ardern. Yes. Yeah, she's just, she's just um she's just been the first prime minister to to have a, a baby in office and um and uh, you know they're steady goes and we're we're falling down so um yeah look we're taking it as as best we can but look having said that Harley yeah there's fury you can imagine there's consternation and fury but we're kind of used to it um and I mean we that's perhaps the danger you know we're we're so used to it now where you know we kind of expect it. There's one more thing I want to um um I just want to ask you about and then I'm going to let you get let you get back but um this is a different kind of political crisis you guys had am I mistaken where a lot of your elected representatives were facing um were having to to leave parliament because they were they weren't Australian Mm, yeah. So, tell me. Tell, we'll we'll let we'll yeah, let that plane so, pass first. <laughs> can you guys get that? We, we don't even hear it now. <laughs> I live in Glasgow. I get police cars going past my window all the time. So it's fine. We're cool. We're cool. Um. All right. So look. Um. Look. This this is just a constitutional quirk. Um. Going back. Uh, Going back many years, and uh, I, I'm trying to remember if it was Section 44A of the Constitution, um, or was it 22A? Basically, one of these sections that says you have to renege on your if if you if you come from uh, if you're a citizen of another country, you have to renege on that citizenship and become Australian. But of course, Australian, we're all from another country. Yes. Um, and so you know um, when when these things and and of course, the parties have to be across their due diligence when they when they uh, nominate someone for parliament, right? I mean, you know, it's they need to be able to they need to be able to cross these things. N they weren't across these things. No one was across these things. You had the, the deputy prime minister Barnaby Joyce, who's a Kiwi, um, and and so it, it went to the high court and they axed about uh, twelve. Uh, Six, twelve, a, a bunch of these guys, but most significantly, Barnaby Joyce, who had sat there for a few months, lambasting everyone for being foreigners, and uh, and then eventually they said, actually, now that I think about it, I'm a Kiwi. So <laughs> he was out. Um, that that wasn't, geez, that wasn't so much a drama. Um, he 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 did end up fathering. Um, a child from his chief of staff a few months later. So that really made Section 22A look pretty soft. <laughs> this is amazing. Um, I think your politics is a lot more interesting than ours and certainly a lot more fun. Mate, we've got some interesting characters. Um, there's a, a couple of these guys that, um, that you just wouldn't 
you wouldn't credit you wouldn't credit that they could actually be. They make Donald Trump look pretty sane. Let me say that. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah. Well, then um, just quickly, Chris, well, do you think do you think your system needs fixing? Then, I mean, do you think the Australian political system needs changing, or no, is does this look, just show you just you know you as you said the country's doing well, it's all very stable. Is this it, does d everything's functioning well despite all this upheaval? Does it, or so is this a uh, just show you how stable your system is? Wh which side of the argument would you come down on? Oh, look, look. For me personally, I think that um, I think what's the point in having a democracy if you've got a if you've got a, a back door where these guys can skip the rest of us and go to a closed door room and choose the prime minister themselves? I think that's bollocks, um, and I'm I'm not the only one. Um, but to fix it, all you need to do is for the two major parties to change the rules around the spill it doesn't have to be a it doesn't have to be a constitutional thing it doesn't have to be a doesn't have to be a government thing Harlow. all you've got to do is go to the parties and say listen if you want to change the leader you're going to have to get over because at the moment it's 50 or so percent mm -hmm. the labor opposition have done it and changed it so that it's harder the liberal party has to do it as well but i don't know if there's political stomach for it because again it's the it's the hard right that's calling the shots in the government and um, and Malcolm Turnbull couldn't figure it out, and uh, I, I don't know if I can either. So so the system's okay. The parties themselves can sort it out. Um, the only thing I'd add to it, Harlow, is you and I were in China, and you saw what you saw what a um, a, a centralised, non-democratic go government can do when they make decisions. They say bang, 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 bang. We're done. Off we go. Whereas I think the Western democracies, Australia is a good example, Europe, you see a lot of it. We are dilly-dallying with this nonsense and the lack of... Government used to be about... Um, it used to be about decision-making. It used to be about deliberating. And now it's turning into spectacle. And that's a problem. Indeed. Is democracy overrated? Discuss. That's a topic, I think, for another podcast. <laughs> you can tell when people have been spending too long in China, and this is what comes out over the dinner table. I'll <laughs> <laughs> from defending China. Oh, gosh. Oh, well, you know, we've been there too long, Chris. Anyway, listen, thank you so much. This was great. I have learned so much about uh, the Australian system. I, I'm sure yeah. everyone listening has uh, as well. Sorry for that. There's been a couple of um, sound issues. Um, I'm sorry about that, but, you know, it has been great hearing from you. Just before we, we let you get back to your day, Chris, is there anything that, you know, if there's one thing people take away from this discussion, what would it be? What would you want people to, to take away from our chat today? Uh, look, um, I mean, I think, I think that I, I'm hoping that people are becoming more aware of the, um, of the divisions in, in the way we are approaching our issues now and how we are, as a society, as a country, as a group, how we're being pulled away from each other, and um, and it, it's it's uh, it's showing itself up in a lot of strange things. For example, we're turning our prime ministers here, um, and uh, needs to be kept, people need to keep an eye on it. People need to be watching what the hell 
is going on? This sounds extra dramatic with the plane in the background. But no, engage in your democracy, pay attention to it, pay attention to how it's impacting uh, on uh, wider societies. I think that's a lesson not just for Australia, but also for uh, democracies all around the world. Chris, uh, thank you so much for, for chatting with us today. Um, if people want to, to, to hear more about the work Chris does, he's a published journalist in Australia, working with the uh, AIP, but also uh, publishes frequently in the national press. So Christian Edwards, do search for him there. Um, and we can get in touch with you as well uh, by email, uh, edwards.christian at gmail.com. On Twitter as well, but not as, uh, not as, as, as prolific as, uh, as perhaps... Uh, uh, myself. Uh, Chris, thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure to talk to you and uh, we'll hope to hear from you again soon. Yeah, great. Have a great day over there. Angie, thank you. Thanks so much for listening to us uh, on the Outwith podcast. We'll be back with you again next week. <laughs>